to Between the Worlds. I'm your host, Amanda Yates Garcia. This season, we focus on the suit of pentacles, all about abundance, the earth, eroticism, and the underworld. Stay tuned and learn how to re-enchant your world with tarot, magic, and more. Whenever the nine of pentacles comes up in a reading, I think we're dealing with someone who's got power, medicine, and knows how to have fun using it. Stay tuned to find out how to find pleasure in your power with our very special guest, Angela Mary Magic. Before we get started, I've got a few juicy things I want to let you know about. I want to let you in on these lovely little bits. So first of all, I wanted to remind you that our Between the Worlds Ace of Pentacles Abundance Magic Workshop is coming up. The live call for that will be on October 3rd at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. But if you can't make it to that, you'll still get a download. You'll still get the PDF. The workshop's going to be super fun and cool. We've already sent out the meditation that you get and some other little goodies to help people prepare, like um, an ingredients list and things like that. And in the workshop, you'll get three easy abundance rituals for daily use. You'll get one expansive ritual we're all going to do together. You'll get chance to bring you into the rhythms of abundance and gestural moves that you can use to stir up abundance in your life. We'll be revising our attitudes towards abundance with journal prompts and tarot spreads and learning about the history of abundance magic throughout time And it's going to be a really great thing for anybody who's struggling with work-life balance or not feeling that sense of enoughness. We're going to be increasing our capacity to share, to thrive, and accessing the flow and pleasure that really is emergent and traveling through the spirit, the numinous spirit of the earth with us all the time. We're really going to be doing this abundance workshop from the perspective of earth magic. So please do get in on it. It is only $66, uh, but the price is going to go up to $77 soon, and you get a lot for your pentacle. (laughs) But subscribers to our Weird Circle at the Jupiter level get the Abundance Workshop as part of their membership. Finally, the full moon in Pisces is coming up And I am doing a full moon ritual by donation to do some shape-shifting work because Pisces is really good for that. We're going to be letting our consciousness uh, get a little porous and open ourselves to be able to connect with broader realms of spirit and experience different perspectives and also get some really important information and fuel for our imagination and celebrate the season. We also have some pretty big pagan holidays coming up. We have the autumn holiday of Mabon, and we're going to be talking about that as well. So the link to that is in the show notes as well. That's going to be this Sunday, September 19th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you register and you can't make it, I'll still send you the links for that so you'll still be able to see the replay. 
So I hope you can join us for that as well. Dear ones, witches, lovers, it's time to talk about the Nine of Pentacles. This introductory opening section is going to be shorter than normal. I'm going to just touch on a few major points here in my opening bit. So I wanted to start off by talking with you about what this card looks like, at least in the Rider-Waite-Coleman-Smith version of the deck, which is the deck that we use because it's the one that is most commonly known and just maybe a good way to use our frame of reference, although there are many different versions of this card that are equally delicious. So in the card, there is a person, I'm going to say they're a decidedly femme person. They've got a lot of sensuality. They're wearing these long draperies. They've got their head cocked just so and are kind of showing off their their décolleté, we might say. And they're wearing a bonnet, and they've also got this gown that has all these flowers on it that look very much like the symbol for Venus, the goddess of love. Behind them is a huge bush or vine, and it's, it's full of grapes, grape bundles. What are those called again? I can't remember, but the triangular grape-looking things, which is so different from, let's say, the Seven of Pentacles, where the farmer is looking at this plant that does have a lot of green leaves, but it doesn't have all this fruit. So we can see that there's a lot of fruit. This is a time of a fruit-bearing moment here. And in addition to that, nine pentacles are piled up around this central figure, I love one of the really cute little details in front, which is there's a little snail, a little slowpoke snail, just enjoying its languorous, slow jaunt across the ground, the earth beneath this person. And they are holding in their gloved hand a raptor of some kind. Now, in other words, a bird. And, and I read about this card that this bird is a hawk. Now, it looks more like a quail to me, but I'm going to say hawk because that's what is most commonly referred to, like in the discourse about this card, which strongly contrasts with her there. We could even say his attire and demeanor here because the person in this card seems to be taking their sweet time and really reveling and almost like they're listening to some really mellow music. And of course, when we think of a hawk, we think of something that is fast and clear and certain and direct and rapacious in some way. So we can see that there's a correlation between the figure in the cart and the bird that they're holding. And then in the background, we see mountains, we see almost like a villa of some kind, and a bright yellow, active, aware sky expanding infinitely above them. Fill the flowering 
the Nine of Pentacles corresponds to Venus and Virgo. And I've heard it said that Venus here is the goddess Fortuna, and she is bringing in the harvest, right? So Virgo is this harvest deity. Virgo, the sign, appears at the time of the year when we are bringing in the harvest, right? As we're entering autumn, and we've come through this um, growing, ripening, juicening, if that is a word, time over the summer. And now we're harvesting our fruit. We're bringing it back in. And there's a real sensuality to it. We could almost imagine like squishing these great bundles in our in our hands and the red ripe juice running down our wrists and of course virgo is a gatherer is a sifter the sign of virgo separates the wheat from the chaff the sign of virgo bundles harvests retrieves clarifies but in this case because it's venus here doing that there's like a real pleasure that's being had in this process. And then also think about the harvest being brought in, not just for Venus to kind of hoard by herself in some kind of a cloister, but it's really to give. It's, it's to share. It's a meal that's shared with our family, our chosen family, or our beloveds in some way. So there's this feeling of, uh, of harvest and deliverance and gift giving in this card. So when this card comes up in a reading, it's really suggesting something delicious is happening, that you are powerful in some way, that you have brought home all the goods. And now it's time to share them with your community, but it doesn't feel like a bummer. <laughs> it feels good. However, the shadow side of this card might be something that makes us think, do I have the ability to do this? Am I able to share what I have with my community? Is it, is it valuable? Is it worth something? Because this is something that Virgo often contemplates, right? They're often perfecting. They're trying to make things exactly right. They're a mutable sign, so they're reflecting on what has been done and blending it with what might be done in the future or revising it in some way. So there's a thought of revision here, like what would be best and of course, we know, you know, that can easily devolve into, you know, worrying that we're not good enough. But in its most exalted form, this card is very much about celebration and abundance and recognizing that you've got it. You've got the goods. You've done this. Now, our guest, Angela Mary Magic, and I are going to go into this really deep. So I think we're just going to go there now. But I want to tell you a little bit more about Angela before we, we dive into the rest of the show. So Angela is the creatrix of Moon Baby Magic Tarot and the Alta Luna Sensual Oracle Cards. And you can find their Worldwide Coven on YouTube or Patreon and Instagram. We're going to link to all of this in the show notes. And their newsletter is like 
love notes for creativity, community, magic, relaxation, spirituality. I love Angela so much. I know you're going to as well. We go way back. And um, I just think she's an amazing influence for our community, uh, a real space holder, very wise. And she is honored to be the femme C of the Modern Witches Confluence coming up in October, October 29th to the 31st. I really recommend that you all out there check that out as well. Link to the Modern Witches Confluence in the show notes as well, because it's something that's really fun to do. I've participated before, and uh, I think that it's a great way for us to connect to other witches out there in our community. So without further ado, let's go meet Angela Mary Magic. We've gone way back, right? Like we've known yeah. each other from the Feminist Center for Creative Work. Yeah, from years from, from Edgar's show. From actually. Edgar's show before this, so like show. the year before that. Yeah, and then like just on through the internet happiness before that. You know, yeah. so easy internet chatting, and then um, meeting in person at, at Perpetual Flowering. Yes, that was such a beautiful show. <sighs> It's it lives in my body. It's still I still think about it too. And we love Edgar. We're total fan club of Edgar Fabian Frias on this show. But so I want to introduce a little bit about your work here. So like your work has been said to be like ASMR for witches. You have this amazing voice, <laughs> and people like to just tune in and listen and be soothed by just the magic of your presence and your voice. And one of the things that I love so much about your work, you know, there's a real pleasure magic to it, right? Like there's a real eroticism to your work. And yet sometimes you also refer to yourself or people refer to you as kind of the witch mom, but you're sort of like the hot witch mom <laughs> of the internet. I'm open to that. And, um, and so for the folks out there who like, you know, are looking for that guidance, who are looking for that love, you know, being in your presence, like I said, is like makes you feel loved. It's so inviting and inclusive and you have so much knowledge to share. And what I especially love and celebrate is, you know, that you can be knowledgeable, that you can stand in your maturity and still stand in your pleasure and your eroticism um, which is something that is often forgotten about in our culture. And you're like, let me show you how it's done. <laughs> so <laughs> that is why we wanted you on here for this card. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much. Well, it's a huge honor. Thanks for inviting me. And I am going through always stages of learning and unlearning how to, you know, really like be in my body, which is like the essence of of witchcraft for me is, and the commonality of all witches is that we live in bodies. And it's not the simple like bumper sticker of embodiment. It's really about our body and about how we are made to change sizes, that we're bodies of water, that, um, you know, embodying this card, the Nine of Pentacles, for me, because I have a tarot deck that I created, Moon Baby Magic Tarot. And for me, Pentacles are caves because I created this deck in 2020 because why not? Everything else is falling apart. Just do it all. Say it all. I thought it was going to be a really personal deck that would be, you know, inside the simplicity of like, my worldwide coven on YouTube as a way to say thank you, as a way to work with what I love. 
And because it how to have a session with me is a lot more expensive talking about pentacles, you have to talk about abundance mm. than it is to purchase a tarot deck for me. I thought it was a solution. And pentacles, we talk about solutions, right? So I didn't really realize that when you say worldwide coven, you mean the whole world. So what you say, and I learned this again and again after a lifetime of witchcraft, I'm 55, and I've identified as a witch since my 20s, but even way before that, it was my sweet secret inside my body, right? And so, yeah, um, when you say worldwide in your spell, like it, it is seen, it is heard. So Nine of Pentacles, a.k.a. Nine of Caves, asks us to look at enormity and deal with it, that you have a lot of feelings, you have a lot of dreams, you have a lot of suffering, and it needs to all have a voice inside your experience. So it's also your sensuality, right? Because our life is experienced through the senses that we can interpret, whether our eyes work, or our ears work, or we have hands that can feel, or we can smell, you know, all of life is sensuous. So all of life is facing our body and what we can do, what we can experience. So I don't know, I just find the whole pentacle realm super erotic, mm. wild, sensuous. Mm. Mm. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love what you're saying about how we are bodies of water and how bodies of water are like shifting and changing and moving mm -hmm. like with the tides. And then also the invocation of the sensuousness of the pentacles mm -hmm. and how this card, the nine of pentacles is so much about that fullness, that ripeness, that just true and deep abundance, which I think also can get really overwhelming for people, totally. you know? Yeah, it's so real. <laughs> Being in our body is an intense experience, especially since we're really trained in our culture, at least in Western culture, to get the fuck out of it. You know, like we're not used to being fully present here. We often want to check out. Yeah. But but so I'm wondering, like, when, when Nine of Pentacles comes up in a reading, what do you usually tell your clients? Well, always in readings and I do readings publicly. I do them on my YouTube channel all the time, which is super hyper public because YouTube is a search engine owned by the largest search engine in the whole wide world. So it, it is really worldwide. Um, I always begin and I want to invite everybody that's listening to do the same. Burn it if you got it in any way that gives you pleasure, but strike a wooden match if you can mm. and light a candle to alert your spirit guides of your presence, that you're here, you're open, and you're listening, and you're ready to receive the messages that are meant for you. It's a great way to just calm into the moment and to be in your body. So I just lit a candle, and I consider this to be sacred space. This is definitely a spell. I always say that everything is a spell. In my tarot deck, when the Nine of Caves come up, uh, the Nine of Pentacles, there's a key word right on the card, and it's prosperity. And prosperity is complex because we live in a system that rates us and puts us on a spectrum and puts it in an array where some people have it and some people don't. And you need to push people down to climb over them. I have 
um, a lunar theme to this deck. And so there's the eight phases of the moon that roll through the whole thing. And on this card, the first quarter moon is adorned at the top. The first quarter moon is when I do my divination. So I'm inviting people into having a deeper lunar practice with those eight phases of the moon. So when the nine of caves comes up, we're asked to sit down, put food in our mouth to sustain ourselves, and listen. Mm. The color field, because it's lunar and color magic, and I'm, I'm, if in case it sounds like I'm selling it, it it's literally not for sale. It, 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 that's it. I was told by spirit in my listening that this would be three print runs and we're done now, right? So I'm sharing with you how this system works because I have to create work to sustain myself that is sustainable and in my ethos. So um, I think there's a lot of fear to create in our culture right now. And the Pentacles asks us, to sustain yourself with the magic that you have in you, to share it. You know, you can run, but you can't hide. Trying to make yourself small to fit in ain't going to do it. Your magic is going to burst out no matter what. So you might as well get used to taking up some space. Pentacles ask us to take up space, especially the Nine of Pentacles. So the color field in this card that I have in my hand is blue. Blue is for speaking the truth. Blue is your ancestors. Blue is their work, their secrets, and their trauma, what they endured so you can exist. It's the magic that's thrumming in your bones. So it's a lot. <laughs> when the Nine of Caves comes up, um, it's a time to just try to ground as best you can and listen to the way that spirit can come in. What mm. areas of space do you have for spirit to come in? What are you holding on to so tight that there's no more space because the tension is so high in your body? It's a lot. It asks us like those gibbous moon phases to deal with enormity, how are you dealing with the fact that you have needs? How are you dealing with the fact that your community needs maybe you to shift and change a little bit uh, in order to be in greater flow? Mm -hmm. um, it's not just a slam dunk lotto win when you pull the Nine of Pentacles or the Nine of Caves. You have to deal with the... Um, Oceans of emotions that you're going through. I think the whole realm of pentacles really is about the water table that's beneath the soil. And it's about how nourished the soil is to unlock its information, right? Because soil has information that it wants to share with the seed, but it all has to be activated by water. All of it does. I love that. So I love that. It's just... It needs the mystery to come in and the wildness to sort of like become its full expression. Otherwise, it's like ideas of like almost being constipated, being backed up, not being able to be free flowing um, and harming your own self by trying to go smaller can come into play. I have it adorned with lots and lots of different ingredients and spices 
that tell you to constantly adjust, constantly taste, and then adjust again. It's a lot. This is not a lotto win, but it can be if you're in that um, loose and easy, deeper breath. You're addressing your body and exactly what your body needs. Um, You have the opportunity to nurture yourself and then see where around you, your presence and your magic can nurture others because it can never just be that capitalistic, individualistic, one-way street. I love this so much. Oh my goodness. The image that really sticks with me from what you're saying is that, that tasting of the sauce, right? Like I imagine the nine of pentacles as like a I don't know, the the matron, the queen of some major Italian family or something yes. who's like who's like just full of abundance and the the smell of the to, you know, the tomatoes from the vine and the melons from Tuscany and like yes. you know, like the, all of this cornucopia of food in abundance and is there like creating, making something to sustain herself, maybe tasting it as she's going, mm-hmm. and then is going to offer it to her community. So that I that idea, that image of tasting the sauce as you're making it and being like, does it need a little more salt? Does it need a dash of vinegar? Should we throw some oregano in there? I really feel like that gets at the essence of what this card is because there's a real sensuality to that, a real pleasure taking in the process of making something and letting it be activated by the earth and let it be activated by the elements and um, finding the joy in all of that too. Yeah. The fullness of that. Who doesn't want to be in that kitchen with like the sexiness of facing yourself in your need, your hunger Mm. and facing your loved ones around you and their need and hunger. That is so about living in a body. That's so about, um, you know, just being alive. And also because we're looking at that nine, nine itself is such a magic number. I mean, it is fun and sexy and that when you turn it upside down it's a 69 wants to come into play just deal with it just <laughs> yeah, it wants to be that. wild it wants to be erotic <laughs> um i look at the ninth planet which is arguable as a planet as pluto which is scorpio's planet which is about um being a, a like a chunk of water that's frozen and in our orbit and argued about so much. It's almost like a controversial number in a way. I love it. It has special meaning for me because I'm a life number nine. And so I connect with the hermit and the hermit needs lots and lots of time and space to like be an individual and fill their cup and really recognize their needs because we can get very others focused. Um, And nine is that number in tarot right before 10 that becomes group enactments, right? It's almost like your last chance to look inside your backpack and go, okay, this is what I got. And this is what I'm bringing into this conversation. Like, do I really need all of this? Do I really need to fight my way in? Is this really the group I need to be in? It's complicated. And I love it for that. It's kind of um, a grown ass card. This oh, nine yeah. Of I you love know? that. Yeah. It, it is be a grown-ass card. But it feels really like grown-ass to me. Yeah. I it's put, like fully mature. 
Right. Or else, you know, or else it can be just kind of um, youthful and radical and, you know, a super rave in the cave a lot, you know, like your kind of group sexual enactments that that can come into play if you if that's where you're at. You're just going to have to deal with that in your body at some point or another. Right. It it almost absorbs and takes in a lot. And there's just so much room for divination when you pull that nine of caves or nine of pentacles, however you want to look at it. There's a lot of transmutation going on within the body, right? Like turning element, you know, digestion or transmuting sugars into energy and transmuting um, nutrition into bones or blood or whatever it is that we're, we're using it for. You know, something that comes up for me a lot around this is about feeling a sense of abundance or enoughness within us so great that we feel like we have something to share, particularly like our medicine or whatever it is we offer. You've mentioned this a couple of times, like that we're we're bringing some kind of offering to the world, some sacred offering that only we can bring. And I'm wondering for you, like how how do you cultivate that feeling of being enough or how do we in general, how do, how can our listeners figure out what their sacred medicine might be that they're bringing to the world? Okay. I think it's about considering the sources that you are sharing your time with and, and what they have in their totality that they're offering um, and realizing that you're constantly needing to bring that back and see if it fits into your ethos, see if it fits into what you believe and love. But more than anything, because I've been a witch for so long, I've seen ebbs and flows in our community. Um, I remember listening to or reading a LA, no, it wasn't LA Times, it was a New York Times article a few years ago. And I think that the byline was like, have we reached maximum witch? And I'm just like, yeah, enough peak already. Witch. <laughs> peak witch, like pitting us against each other ideas that there's too many witches or we have a limit. There's an idea that there's a specific container and there's only a certain amount, that there can be a peak. And I've, I've seen that kind of language before. There was like, a lot of like the bottom dropped out in the 70s for witches and the 80s and the 90s and all these things kind of come in and we learn and we grow and this nine of pentacles asks us to hold space by editing out that with which you don't believe like let go of the things that you know don't belong to you send that energy back to make space for you to shift and grow and expand and contract naturally. So the bottom doesn't fall out for you when these things happen, you know, like these bubbles that burst like in real estate, right? right. These things happen in magic. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of feel another one coming. Mm. Um, it's about time, you know, when we see other people call folks in or call folks out or deal with their pointy things, challenges, conflicts. Um, a lot comes through the body when this nine of pentacles comes up and it asks us how we're dealing with everything we're feeling and everything we believe. So I would say to all of your beautiful listeners to make space constantly by editing, letting go, readjusting the recipe, know that um, there is 
time and space for you to process your feelings and you're not on anyone else's timeline. I love it. You know, you're just constantly addressing your body and listening to your body and administering the care to your body as it signals to you through your sensuality, through your tongue, through the sensations on your flesh, through what you're hearing is your environment agreeing with you. What are the sounds that are around you? What are you saying in the world? Do you really like it? Is it is it representing you? Do you need some time to retreat and restore? There's just so much that can be said. So I just put together some prompts that maybe folks that are maybe even feeling triggered or overwhelmed as they're hearing this, like, oh, shit, there's another bubble that's going to burst. It's not just in real estate. (laughs) The witch bubble. All communities that are in growth have expansions and contractions. It's okay for us to grow and learn and change together. And you don't have to quit being a witch. That's one of the main themes in my magic is kind of how to stay a witch forever. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have relationships that shift in community and in family and in your own expressions of your magic that change as you grow. And taking the time to listen to yourself and listen to your body is where it's at. So if it's an okay time, maybe folks want to bust out their book of shadows and look at a few prompts, because that's the only way you can find out if you are receiving enough or giving enough. So would now be an okay time to share some? Yeah, let's do it. I would love to hear these prompts. They're very loose, and they're very raw ingredients, and they're for everybody in their own witchcraft to take these spell elements and break them down and create that mise en place the way they want to with their own kitchen witchery, with their own magic, right? So they're simple. When you think about this commonality that we have as witches, this is the first one, that we're all in bodies. How does that make you feel? Do you enjoy the way that it feels that our commonality is our bones, is our blood magic, is our simple fact that we're all in a body? And what is your body thinking and feeling right now? The next one is thinking about this nine of caves, aka nine of pentacles, I believe that it's about unbound sensuality, sensuality that's not judged at all. When you write in your book of shadows, or just kind of ponder this right now if you don't have the ability to write it down, how does it feel when you think about unbound sensuality? Have you had an experience in your life where folks have wanted or tried to force you to Define your sensuality and give it boundaries and give it a limit. What does boundless sensuality feel and look like to you? So that is so helpful because when you bring that up, I feel like it does really help us get into the real meat or the, you know, both the challenges and the pleasures and the beauties of this card. Because for me, for instance, when I think of like, unbridled sensuality. I mean, obviously, that's a very complex and I've had many feelings about it throughout my lifetime. Mm -hmm. But right now, one of the things I'm thinking about that is 
it feels both exhilarating to imagine letting myself or oneself be fully expressed centrally. And, you know, when I was younger, I felt that there was a danger in that really from like, uh, you know, patriarchy that I could be like harmed by that. It's actually real. It's real. (laughs) Actual physical danger. But now that I'm a bit older, I feel like the thing that scares me when I think of that or what came up for me was thinking about how um, that it can be threatening to anyone to let yourself be fully expressed, to be your full bigness, to be your full erotic self, to be your full sensual self. And that I I often fear judgment, um, not just from like scary guys lurking on a street corner, but even like within my own community that I can be afraid of being um, seen as too much or that I'm using my sexuality or that um, that or just harmed in general. Yeah. Or that I'm uh, threatening or threatened by or, you know, and I'm not I'm not necessarily like laying out my whole like psychological makeup but that was just the first thing that kind of come came up in my mind which I feel like really gets to this idea from the nine of pentacles like you are being charged with bringing forth your abundance your eroticism your your sense of plenty your sense of muchness it's true and that there are things that are scary about doing that that we might not even realize and if we don't acknowledge those fears then we might subconsciously hold ourselves back it's really true. If I acknowledge like, oh, yeah, maybe some people will feel threatened if I do this or wear this or whatever, like I I can then kind of feel the fear and do it anyway. But if I don't allow myself to acknowledge that fear, then I might just be like, I'm just going to like close myself down. I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to speak as loud. I'm not going to be show like be as fully myself because I'm I'm afraid and there's an unrecognized fear going on there. Is that kind of getting that what you Oh, you're so right on. When I was talking before about you can run but you can't hide. You can try to play small, but the 9 of pentacles is a pointy thing. It's going to literally jut out of your body in a different way. And so we're sort of asked to stay open and have some airiness. I've been working with sand in my um, altar and in my magic lately because sand creates pockets of of air and can create spaces for like the mycelial web to travel and communicate with each other, right? The rhizomatic magic to link up and birth new life in a different area. Uh, We need space and we have to be able to recognize our loosened up and opened up sensuality. What do we love? What sensations are we even having? Can we even allow ourselves to look and hear and see and taste and feel and know psychically what our sensations are? I mean, that's not even about enjoying them. That's just recognizing them. So the third prompt I put together was to Find some time and space to admit your wild truths to yourself, right? What are your wild truths? This takes time. You have to find some time to yourself to do this. Remember, this is the nine. It's not the ten. You're not in the group yet. You're on your own looking at exactly what you're packing in, right? 
So that's the third prompt. The fourth prompt is looking at feral cycles. Even inside the organization of there being four seasons, there's overlap. There's this um, soft, uh, entangled, intersecting circles that find each other and they're in contrast. What are your feral cycles? What is the um, cycle where you feel you're at your best? Where's the cycle where you need more safety and you need to kind of like go and be by yourself? What triggers you and creates a wild feral cycle in you where you literally need to go and lick your wounds? You have the time and the space to do that when you pull this nine of pentacles. Wow. It's nice to have some delicious magic to take out of listening to a podcast. Like I just kind of got my ass back into the gym. And so I've just been devouring podcasts. And sometimes you leave with something and sometimes you don't. I love to give free magic. So I love having these nine prompts that you can take away and back to the quiet of your book of shadows the way that your mama's telling you, spend some time recognizing what you're bringing into this world and what you're dealing with and what you're carrying. So these prompts are helpful. Can we put these in the show notes for folks? Yeah, put them in the show notes. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So that way, if they are listening while they're driving or something, they'll be yeah, able to. Yeah, totally. Go back. They know how they can find their way back. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have these available in the show notes. So the fourth prompt that we can look at prompted by this nine of caves or nine of pentacles is that life touches death through our body. We're literally carrying life and death inside our body at all times. It's not just when we encounter death outside of us or grieving the loss of a loved one, um, an animal in our life, or when we see like a cultural icon that passes and it reminds us of death. It's that we're allowing ourselves to carry it in our bones, that we carry the story of our ancestors in our bones that are no longer living. We are life and we are death. And the Nine of Pentacles is a gift in and of itself in that it asks us to be in life and death at the same time in our body. So it's a little bit complicated in that way, but it's very much intersections of life and death happening in our body at the same time. Like I said, this is a grown-ass card. This is for folks that are really looking at themselves in the mirror, in the obsidian orb, and saying, like, I see you. I see the way time is marking you. I see your scars. I see your smiles. I see your joy. And I see you're changing, because that's all we are. All we have is change going into mysterious, unknown cycles and patterns that are from the past that are moving us forward. And I just think life and death in our body is a really important thing to ponder on the regular, but a really great thing to do in your divination practices. Like I was talking about that first quarter moon practice that is prompted on my Moon Baby Magic Tarot, right? Listening to how spirit is wanting to guide you towards facing grief, facing joy, facing uncertainty, facing enormity. So the fifth thing that we can look at is what it feels like to hold pointy things. I have a friend named Anne. 
um, over at the Modern Witches Confluence and Convergence that talks about as witches, we need to learn to hold pointy things. And I think the Nine of Caves is a pointy thing if ever there was one. There's angles, there's enormity, there's a lot to deal with, right? How are you doing and dealing with controversial relationships in your life? Mm. Complications in community. That's of two really big things, and I feel like that's enough for talking about pointy things, right? <laughs> How are you dealing with controversy? How are you dealing with complexity? Is it feeling like it's mowing you down like a whole field of wheat? Or do you feel like you're able right now to accept the words of others or ideas that others may have of you. I deal with somebody in community kind of often, and we are often in the same spaces. And I've learned over the years, they just can't see my loving nature. Right. And I have now accepted that there is theirs to carry. And it has been such a joy to not share that with them any longer. Tell me, like, what do you mean, like, to, to not share that I with them? I used to buy into it and scamper around and try to say and do perfect things in front like of this person so they really could are. see. Right. I am good. I'm good. See, I'm the good thing that you have to be around now and then. And um, I just, I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, that is such an inspiring grown-ass thing when you're just like, yeah, they can have their experience. And their idea about me doesn't mean, isn't like the gospel truth. Like they can have their... Well, it's not a tango. I do not have to be in that dance. Yes. I love that. And I used to think that all of these pointy statements and... uh triggering invitations into the dance yeah as sexy as that dance was I could say this and then I could whip around and say that you know yeah. the tango's a sexy dance yeah it's exhausting and yeah. it's not mine and I just I haven't got time for the pain as the song says or maybe you just want to tango with someone you're hot for Makes it more fun. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to tango with someone who makes you miserable. <laughs> exactly. And and the thing is, is they probably have a lot of tango partners already. Yes. And I can just kind of sit this one out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wise words. That was a lot for me. So pointy things. Let's talk about pointy things. Let's talk. And the next prompt is about recognizing bounty, how you feel about that never-ending cornucopia that is life, that life is sustainable. We live in a gorgeous stardust system that can hold all of life. And how does that feel, especially because of the complications of the culture that is very temporary, brief, and unsustainable of the white capitalist patriarchy, we know that that tower is falling. And we know that what that rubble is will be folded back into the pentacles, the earth, the cave, to transmute, to be new life. And what does our bounty look like? 
when we talk about bounty, we have to talk about gratitude. What are we grateful for? What do we really think is delicious that's this never-ending flowing out of that cornucopia? Little teeny fun fact, when I was 18, that was like back back in the day when you were allowed to get your first checking account. Like it's like you can do that when your kid's born these days. But back then you had to be 18. And I couldn't believe that I was allowed to choose a symbol that could be on my check. And so I looked at them all and I chose the cornucopia. I'm an October witch. I just wanted to like say that like, OG, like cornucopia for life. So look at the bounty that comes in, especially with things that you're eating and how you're allowing yourself to take space eating. Are you allowing yourself to eat in front of your loved ones? Really allowing yourself to feed yourself. I'm from the rock camp culture and we always as like um, volunteers ate in front of all of the youth that were at camp with us. It was the rock camp for girls and non-binary youth in Orange County. And that was a really big part of our ethos was being femmes and non-binary folks that actually ate food in front of each other. It was a powerful, simple spell. So talk about bounty. Talk about how you're feeding yourself. Talk about how you're allowing yourself to expand with especially like seasonal food. Mm. Next one is permission to take up space. How are you doing in that department? Uh, we'll wait while you write nine pages in your book of shadows or walk five miles while you're thinking about it. How are you doing in that department? Just give yourself time. Maybe every first quarter moon, you can listen to spirit to guide you into a deeper relationship with permitting your magic to exist and to take up space. Mm. There's one more. Try to have a spell element on your altar that's made of clay. I worship clay. I was my parent, one of my parents is a potter, and I've got eight brothers and sisters. So nine is huge for me. I'm one of nine kids. I'm the sixth from the top. So 69 power. Um, <laughs> try to have a clay object on your altar to greater embody your nine of caves or your nine of pentacles and know that like clay is exactly that it's earth and it's water and it's moldable and beautiful. It, it's made to change. It's made to accept fire. It's made to hold water. It's made to carry your magic and try to have an earthen clay object. I'm just like in the middle of developing this like cool clay collaboration with someone I really, really love. And that'll be something that comes out around my birthday in October. So I can't really get super into it, but sand and clay on your altar, simple, simple elements on your altar will bring you back to your body. Remind yourself that you, you got to take care of this vessel. You got to, you got to hear what your body is telling you and have this beautiful dance with your body. That's a lot. I know, honeys, but you know. 
this is this card's all about being able to be in the lotness, be in the abundance of all of that. That was an abundance of of prompts that we can just revel in. We can feel overwhelmed by. We can dive in. We can swim through. We can prance on the sand of. Mm-hmm. Well, so okay. What about? pop cultural references like does this card remind you of any movies or songs or poems or artworks or anything like that you know I mean all I can think about right now and I really hope this doesn't become like a council moment but all I can all I can think about is Britney right now and the fact that she's come back to the enormity of her individual experience and she can hear herself and she can see herself and she's finding her way back and that is a total nine of pentacles moment, a nine of caves moment. Yeah. You know, it is a tough moment for all of us collectively to really find time and space to listen to our own traumas that we're experiencing. But honestly, when I was looking through all of like what we can do with the nines, so many like old things came up. It was like the nine muses in Greek mythology. It was Beethoven's nine symphonies. It was like the idea of being dressed to the nines, which is like something from the early 1900s. I wasn't getting a ton of things that were pop culture references because I couldn't get past Britney's voice. The beauty of Britney saying like, I'm having an experience. You will know it. I don't think you need to find more. I mean, I think that's the perfect example um, for listeners. For those of you out there, we're recording this um, right after Britney Spears went and uh, into the courtroom and said, you know, I deserve to have my own money. Like I'm making all this money for all y'all. I'm taking care of all these people and I have the right to control my own destiny. And it's prompted a a huge conversation around neurodivergence and also mental health care and people coming in and wanting to control the destinies of other people. And so it started a whole conversation around that. But I think that that is a really great example. I'm really glad that you brought that up. I mean, nourishment and personal experience with taking up space and and people taking bites and chunks out of your body. I mean, I'm a working witch. I I receive funds for the witchcraft that I create in the world. I have to constantly check myself. It's literally the slowest work that I've ever done. And believe me, there's just invitations all around me swirling constantly trying to pull me out of my experience to make it this capitalistic thing. And I'm like, I made myself go to the beach this morning. I made myself show up for this recording with ocean wet hair. I it's a it's a radical act. And I am holding so much space for Brittany finding their voice. You can run, but you can't hide, sweeties. You know, you gotta hear yourself. You you it will find you no matter what your wild feral experience will find you no matter what um trying to slow it down to feed yourself and find the pleasure in that and the erotic in that and the sensuality in that 
that's not a fast track moment. You want to enjoy it. You want to let that be a languid, gorgeous thing. You want to like water that field deeply to let it soak in and all the information and the joy of your sensuality really soak in and inform the space that you occupy of your presence and your worshiping of that moment, your worshiping of the ground that you're standing on in that complexity too, because, you know, I'm here in the stolen land of the Tongva people that are so very much living. And, you know, it takes time to deal with the trauma that my ancestors have enacted, even as they were trying to thrive and survive. So um, there's no fast track. And yay, Brittany. Yay, Brittany, yeah. Seriously. She's a mama too, so my soul is just, we have kids that are in a similar age bracket, so I always kind of like feel that, you know, when you're trying to care for young youth, you know, young adults or teenagers, you it brings up so much. Oh my goodness, it brings up so much. And so I'm hoping that that experience of the youth of her children helped her to really like find her wild, feral voice. I second that. Um, that is amazing. Yeah, I, when um, when you showed up today with wet hair still from the beach, I was so inspired by that well, Malibu witch moment. I was like, I need to make myself do that. Last night I was like up late answering emails and I was like, yes. And then when I saw you coming in here, like I was just at the beach, I said to myself, <laughs> that is how we need to do it. That is how we roll. Nine of Pentacles teaching us some, it's a learnable moment right there. You live it too. Our delicious and fabulous mutual friend, the filmmaker Candace with a K, who created the film Edible. I know you sneak off to the beach together sometimes. Yeah, so we I just do. want to hold space for knowing <laughs> that you got it too, sweetie. You got it. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, that reminds me. I have to I have to call her up and get her to run to take the me beach to when they find their the way back again. to the West. <laughs> I know. Well, I had a couple um, uh, pop cultural references I just wanted to drop real quick, too. So you're here in the Los Angeles area. Do you know about Biddy Mason? I don't. So Biddy Mason was born enslaved. I think um, the Civil War ended when she was five. But then her enslaver took her and her family um, from the South into Texas and then here to California um, over like many years. And then when she got to California, she sued for her freedom and she won. And she continued working as a midwife and a nurse, which was what she had been doing through her younger years. And she saved her money from this practice. She lives downtown. She lived downtown, um, which was just starting off, you know, in the late uh, 19th century. And she used her money for midwifery to purchase land, which is now in the heart of downtown L.A., and then she organized the first AME church, the oldest African-American church in the city. She used her wealth, estimated to be $3 million, I think at that time, not just like in today time, to become a th- philanthropist to the entire L.A. community. And she donated to charities and she fed and sheltered the poor and she visited prisoners. And she was instrumental in founding a traveler's aid center and an elementary school for black children. And there's a monument to her in downtown L.A. where you can, like, see her, um, like, medicine bag. Oh, I must visit. And 
that just to me is so inspiring. She was just like so abundant. She held so much space, right? Like creating churches and midwifery and like suing the government and like really creating, you know, an amazing um, like resource for the people. And like, and we have to be grown ass people to be able to hold that, to be able to do that. Like we have to be willing to step into our power. And when we are, we're able to create great things. I also think about like Erin Brockovich. Yes. Right. Who to me feels so abundant and erratic and is also like, you will not poison that water. And like, she's going to go after you. The pointy things. That's the pointy things. All of it. That's the pointy things. I love it. Well, so just finally, in conclusion, do you have any rituals or spells? I mean, I feel like this whole this this whole conversation has been just a gift of ritual and spell um, that you've been giving to our beautiful listeners out there. But I'm wondering if you have any last bit tips if they if they get the nine of pentacles, what's a little ritual they can do? I mean, do a happy dance right away in any way that your body is able, because you're being invited into your body. You're being invited in to listen and hear and be with your body. The spell ritual that I wanted to share was those prompts that people could come and return to again and again whenever they wanted to just grab one of them and chew on it. You know, this podcast is available. We'll put them in the show notes. They can come back again and again. Right, exactly. And try to keep it simple. I really mean that when I talk about sand, when I talk about earthen objects and clay, I'm really prompting you to keep your magic as simple as possible. Yes, we love to buy our beautiful crystal bowls and all the fabulous things and save our money and go to workshops and do the wonderful things. And yet... On the day-to-day, when you pull that Nine of Pentacles, look at the available magic that you have. What's on hand? What's in your kitchen? What's in your spice rack? How can you make this meal that you're having right now as magical as possible? Mm, Yeah, like you have a little bit of sumac in your uh, spice Mm -hmm. drawer. Throw that on your, your hummus today. You know, like embellish, let it, let it flourish, let it um, expand. And yeah, I love that idea of keeping it simple because so often the more complicated we get with our magic, the less likely we are to do it. So tangled mess. Yeah. So just keep it simple. Let it be what you have available to you right now. Letting it be simple sometimes at least, you know, life will be complicated enough for us. Victory to the goddess. No, it's so real. (laughs) So. Angela Mary Magic, it has been such a great pleasure and an honor to have you here. I've learned so much from having you here, and I'm Thank so you. excited to share this episode with our listeners. And I know our listeners are going to want to come bask in your glory and receive your wisdom many, many times. So, how can they find you? <laughs> Where should they look for you? You know, the thing I think that's the most simple and I think really embodies this conversation is I send out little love notes. And in my love notes, there might be a little recipe, there might be like a channeled wisdom for all the zodiac signs, but it's not going to end up being an essay. So sign up for my little love note newsletter. I launched a Patreon on July 1st, which is a really big deal to me. I've finally resisted and gone through all the excuses for not having a Patreon and finally have a Patreon. The main vein in my life is my YouTube channel. I just find it really just uh, an open space to create that I'm 
barely, barely tapped into, but I have a broadcast every Friday that's live stream at 1230 Pacific. Um, and it's Venus's day and it's a celebration. We call in the four corners. We do the work um, behind the veils and between worlds. And it's a really special place for witches to gather. We do tarot scopes and little spells and some unboxings and stuff like that. But the main thing that I'm doing right now is, is truly trying to have a really super hot witch summer. Hot witch summer. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go participate in all those Venusian delights with you. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, both of you, sweethearts. I really am so honored and really appreciate being here with all your listeners, too. Mwah! Listeners, thank you so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure to be here with you today and to savor all the deliciousness that is Angela Mary Magic. Next week, we're going to be talking to the lovely and fascinating Danica Boyce about spirits of the underworld and folkloric mythologies around that. So I hope you tune in. I think you're really going to love it. Now, before I go, don't forget to sign up for our Ace of Pentacles Abundance Magic Workshop. Don't forget to sign up for my own full moon ritual happening this Sunday for the full moon in Pisces. Uh, links for all of those things are in the show notes, and we will see you next week. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Subscribers to our Weird Circle at the Jupiter level get workshops, community, bonus content, and magical support throughout the year. We really do hope that you join us. In the meantime, if you love our content and want to keep us on the air, please do take a moment to give us five stars or leave us a sweet review on iTunes or share your favorite moments from the podcast on social media. Truly, all of it makes a huge difference to us. You can tag me at Oracle Valet or at Between the Worlds Podcast. Not only does your support help keep us on the air, it helps baby witches who really need this content know how to find their way to us between the worlds. So thank you for being here and thank you for helping other people find their way here as well. This podcast is hosted by Amanda Yates Garcia and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Ricks. Our icon was created by Maria Minnis, aka Tiny Parsnip, and our graphic design is by Leah Hayes. Thanks for flying with us.